handle the pressures of our schedule wisely and make the most of our time, we, we make the most of our life. You ever heard of Sir Walter Scott? Sir Walter Scott, Scottish guy, a novelist, poet, historian. He said, dost thou love life? Then do not squander time, for that's the stuff that life is made of. That's the truth. It's what life's made of. Um, before we start, I'd like you to turn to someone next to you, one other person, and take about two minutes for each of you to answer this question. What is the major source of pressure in my schedule right now? What is a major source of pressure in your schedule right now? There's, it's on the board. It's right there. So if you forget, there it is. Take two minutes. All right. I bet most of you at least been able to bring that to mind. And um, before I keep going, I'd like to, I'd like to pause and pray. Let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together this afternoon. I pray that, God, you would speak to us. We welcome you here. We honor your presence among us, Father, and we ask that you would speak to our hearts as we dig into uh, your word and uh, just some, some guidance and wisdom that, that is, is available to us, and we ask for your help to see exactly how to connect the dots between what I'm talking about and our, our lives, Father. We ask for this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The pressure for me uh, comes from usually, you know, schedule, feel overwhelmed, overloaded, and it, it ramps up uh, as, as more and more gets on my list to do. Um, I may have a long list to get, of things to get done, but the pressure really builds when I feel overwhelmed, when I'm afraid I'm not gonna be able to get it all done, when interruptions keep happening and my plans are messed up. And so we're gonna look today at perspective and some, some ways to, to think about uh, choosing what you do with your time that have been helpful to me as I've uh, walked through life and, and things for the last, um, since I've been in college, actually. Uh, that's when I really got concerned about using my time, because I started to feel overwhelmed occasionally. Most of the time, I slept through the early classes, but after that, I got, I got overwhelmed <laughs> as I went along. Um, everyone has the same amount of time. 1,440 minutes a day, 168 hours a week. The clocks we buy, they all run at the same rate. All of them do. What makes life challenging is time is a limited commodity. It's limited. This was Jesus' perspective. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no man can work. So Jesus had the perspective that I'm here for a while and then I'm not going to be here. And, G and God the Father put me here on this earth to accomplish something, and I only have so much time to accomplish that. Now, here's the fascinating thing about Jesus. He accomplished everything he needed to in 33 years. He, he was able to get it all done, 38, 33 years. That, that means that time is limited, but 
we can accomplish everything God wants us to accomplish in the time we have. He's given us all the same amount, and we can all accomplish what he wants in the amount of time we have. Here's a verse that gives God's goal for time use, Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, our passage. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. What we do with our time, how we use it, the attitude we choose as life flows by determines really the quality of our lives. So time, time is going by, it's flowing by, and we're deciding moment by moment what we're going to do with it. And if you look at this passage right here, God tells time very differently than we do. We tend to tell, tell time by minutes, hours, weeks, months. God's looking at one opportunity after the other. He tells time from one opportunity to the next. It's a very different perspective. And so what we're actually doing with our lives, as we think about our time, as we think about our days, and as we think through, what am I going to do with this chunk of time, this 24-hour period, um, opportunities are flowing by, and we're letting some go, and we're choosing some to, to hang on to and invest in. And life is meaningful, purposeful, and you're able to accomplish what God puts you here to accomplish when you choose the right opportunities. So that's, that's, that's a very different perspective on time than, oh, I've got all this long list of stuff to do, and I got to get the schedule down and make sure I get it done, which we all do have. We have responsibilities to take care of. But um, that's, that's the perspective you see in Scripture. Opportunities are flowing by. We grab the ones that we think are most important in, at the time, and we let others go. And what we need to do is get better at choosing the best opportunities as they're flowing by. We just need to grow in wisdom. And, and choosing, and well, like it says here in Ephesians 5, we need to understand the will of God so that we can choose the best opportunities. There are a couple of core principles for wise time use. Number one, know what's most important. Number two, make sure you do it. <laughs> Knowing what's most import, important involves understanding the will of God. If you understand the will of God, you understand what he's said about life, and what's most important, his ranking of what's most important in life. If you get that, then you're able to choose the best opportunities with his help because we hit these intersections throughout our day where we've got to keep choosing uh, an opportunity, and it's not always that crystal clear. So we need God. We need his help. We need to lean on him to help us decide in the moment. Uh, but if you can pull this off, knowing what's most important and doing it, you will have a meaningful and purposeful life. And this is what it, it looks like to be careful with the way we walk, with the choices we're making as we live our days. Um, here's a list of major things that God has trusted us with. And my, my aim and a Christ follower's aim is to handle these things uh, in a way that all of these stewardships, these trusts that God has given us, flourish and thrive. And so as I walk through the list, I'd like you to personalize it, put a name by it, 
Um, I guess my life is the first one. I don't think there's a blank, but you could put your name next to my life. That'd be okay. Uh, We're entrusted with one life. It's something God's given us, and I need to think often about how I'm living that life. Now, you, you probably aren't married yet, is my guess. If you were married, you could write your husband's wife's uh, or wife's name down in that uh, because you'd need to give time to the marriage. That's a, something God's trust you with. It takes an effort to grow it. You, you probably don't have children yet. Uh, I'm trying to be comprehensive here. If you do have kids, jot their names down. Uh, you, you likely have parents. And um, when you start out in life, when you're under the parents' uh, guidance, when you're growing up, you're... God says you need to obey your parents as you grow older. God says you need to honor your parents. As they age in Scripture, uh, you're commanded to care for your parents. And uh, that's a very, very important thing. So we don't necessarily need to obey them, but honoring them and relating to your parents rightly is something God's entrusted you with. And if you do well, your life goes well. It's the first commandment with a promise. My job... Your job is likely school. You may have a job on top of school, but I would put job slash school there, and your workplace could be the school you go to. Uh, I intended to do that before I I set up this uh, handout, but I didn't. But you could put slash school and do that, or if you work, it's both and. Uh, You may spend a lot of time there. Uh, jot, Jot it down, put the school name down, that'd be great. And then uh, my money. You may not feel like you have a lot of that right now while you're in school. Uh, but we're all given a level of income to manage. And this is a trust. And I'm to be faithful with it and aim to grow it wisely. Uh, my role in the church body or in the ministry that you're a part of. If you, if, if you, you, you may have a role in the ministry at, at your school. Um, it's best if you're plugged into a group of believers and you're contributing that. that. That's actually assumed in the New Testament, that you're plugged into a body of believers, a group of believers, and you're contributing that it, to that group. That's where growth comes from. So you might want to jot down your roles that you play in uh, challenge or uh, in church life. And then friendships. Uh, we're, we're entrusted with friendships. And we need, if we're Christ followers, we want to handle those well. We want to please God with the way we're relating to our friends and try to refresh our friends, try to serve them, love them, uh, show kindness to them. And then my home or possession slash dorm room, <laughs> you're, you're, you're trusted with that. And if I omitted a stewardship, that you thought of, that there's a couple I have that I didn't list here, but you might want to jot that down as well in in the blanks there that are provided. What I'd like you to do now is take 30 seconds to answer this question for yourself. When you look at this list of things that you're trusted in, which needs the most attention right now? All right. now, my, in my experience, you know, I've got, I've got a list of things God's entrusted to me. So, like, I've got school, I may have a job, or in addition to that, I have friends, I have uh, a ministry I'm involved in. 
I, I have this list of things that I'm involved in. In my experience, I can't spend a week on ministry and ignore all the other stuff, or I can't spend the week on homework and ignore everything else. All of these things are happening all at once. And so I, I have to handle them well all at once. And constantly I'm gauging, and this is what we need to do. We need to be able to gauge how I'm using my time and what is slipping or what needs more attention right now. So we, we step back regularly and look at, look at that. We're going to talk more about that in a minute, but that's the way life works for me. You know, it, we, tend, we tend to think sometimes priorities are linear, like there's priority number one, and a Christ follower would say God's my number one priority, but I spend a lot more time at school and work than I may be able to spend in prayer and the word. But I've got to do, I've got to do it all. And it doesn't work like one, two, three. Okay, priority number one, I'm going to give it more time. Priority number two, it gets time. But, and it's going to fit into this, to this slot right here. It, does, it's, it has never worked for me that way. And so I need to keep gauging what's going on, and I need to bring God into my day and ask for him, him for help as I'm trying to figure out, God, this just, this opportunity came out of nowhere. What, what do I do? Do I make the most of it now, lose sleep later on? How, do, how am I going to, how am I going to do this? And th this is the way life works. I have to handle it all at once. And so if I actually am overcommitted, then I need to, carry out my commitments, and learn from that. I, I try to carry out my commitment to turn and then learn from that. If I get desperate, I, I might ask to be released, but bailing out doesn't teach you a thing on any commitment. So, you know, often we'll, we'll make a commitment and we'll feel, oh, that was not good. You know, I've committed the whole year to do this thing. And another opportunity comes along and we regret the commitment we made, but Hey, if you hang in there in that commitment, God has a lot to teach you through hanging in. There's a lot to learn through enduring through the commitments that you've made. So anyway, uh, there's, there's some thoughts on that. Here's a grid, and I think the grid's on your handout, uh, that helps me gauge how I'm handling my time. Try to step back and look at my life, what's going on, and we we'll call it the time use matrix. Uh, I've seen it several different places. I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to handle time wisely. And I've learned a lot from different places, and I can't honestly remember where the first place is I saw this. <laughs> but this time use matrix uh, divides life into four quadrants. Uh, quadrant one would be things that are urgent that I just have to deal with right now, and they're important. Quadrant two are things that are not urgent, but they're likely just as important as the things in quadrant one, or maybe more important. Quadrant three, things that are urgent and not important. Quadrant four, um, not urgent and not important at all. So we're constantly dealing with life, and they, the things that we're dealing with, the opportunities, the things that are flowing by, fit into one of these, con uh, one of these quadrants. Uh, in quadrant one, activities are like crises, crises, they're Health matters, unforeseen difficulties on projects. You have a deadline you're working toward. You got to hit the deadline. Conflicts, 
that create a drag on goals that we've just got to deal with the conflict right now, and that takes a lot of time. We're making things right with people, working through conflict, it's not efficient, <laughs> but it takes time. It's very important. Um, pressing problems. When it walk, Friday night, Friday's my day off. Uh, several, about three, four months ago, uh, we, on a Friday night, I was relaxing on the couch, and my wife and daughter walked in, and there was water seeping up through the floor. That's a pressing problem. I couldn't stay on the couch. I had to get up and start. I had to call the insurance company. I had to turn off the water first. I had to call the insurance I had to deal with that. It's a pressing problem. Some things are like that because it would ruin the entire floor and the whole house if I let it go. Got to deal with it now. Um, I was happy on the couch until they noticed the problem. <laughs> but that's the way it is. Deadline-driven projects are like this. People are counting on us, come up to a deadline. We've just got to spend the time to make it happen. If it means staying up all night, one, two, three nights, whatever it is. You know how that is, your students. Um, I've done some all-nighters myself. Quadrant two is uh, activities that relate to like planning, evaluating life, gauging my time use, developing goals, developing a vision, sitting back and letting God speak to you, thinking through what my life's all about, getting some direction from him, relationship building, uh, friendships, ministry team. Interesting thing about Jesus, the crowds would be pressing on him, asking for help and, and really pressing against him, asking for help. And he would pull away to spend time with the disciples. He, he, he knew that those guys... That, very, those, that small group of guys were the ones that if he poured into them, they were going to make an impact on the world. And so even with all the pressing issues and the people coming to him for help, for healing, to want him to answer questions, he would pull away. That's a Q2 thing that Jesus did there, a quadrant two. And um, he uh, opportunities come along. Uh, Preparation for work, school, presentations, all that kind of stuff, crisis prevention. So, so prudence. If, if you really want to live a meaningful, purposeful life, you, you try to live in quadrant two. But three and four tend to crowd us, crowd us in our lives. Um, quadrant three involves some interruptions. In the moment, we have to decide if the interruption is a quadrant three or quadrant four because it may not be that important. Um, some calls are like this. I, I had a sales call a couple months ago, and uh, the guy said, uh, hello, Mr. Lanthrop, I want to take a few minutes of your time. And I said, no, you're not. <laughs> because he, he said he wants to take a few minutes of my time. And I said, I may give it to you, but you're not going to take it. Why are you calling? And, and so, you know, we decide in the moment whether or not we're going to give time to one thing or the other. Now, I wouldn't suggest that with your roommate or your really good friends. You're not going to want to say, hey, no, you're not taking my time. You're upset, I know, but that's not going to happen. Okay, that would be more, you know, one of the higher quadrants. But... Um, Mail, some mails like that, and reports. Sometimes we just need to turn our notifications off on our phone. We need to decide when we're going to check email, when we're going to get texts. Sometimes we've got to take the time to, to focus on other stuff. 
Um, some meetings or gatherings are like this, quadrant three, um, many proximate matters, popular activities. Quadrant four are things like procrastination activities. You're just doing them because you're avoiding what you really need to do. I was like king of this in college, okay? <laughs> I, could, I could do that all day. Um, busy work, some mails like this, inbox ads. You ever follow an inbox ad trail? That's such a waste of time. You know, just when you, when you need something, go look for it, but don't, don't follow the trail. That's, that's, that's a trick. Um, some phone calls, escape reading, TV, Facebook can be like this. Overuse of Facebook is what I put. I like Facebook. It's, you know, I like to see what's going on. Or, or game apps that can waste time or other things. I'd like you to do another exercise, if you would. Take, take two or three minutes and look over these quadrants and answer this question. What are the top five most important Q2, quadrant two activities in your life right now? What are the top five? All right, let's, uh, let's keep rolling on. Um, this is the kind of thing that you need to constantly do. Set, set time aside to think about what's going on as, as everything's just, because what, what we tend to do is we tend to just let life scream by and we don't stop and think about it. But we need to step back and get some, some perspective, like get an aerial view of, of what it is we're giving our time to, what we need to do differently to give our time to the right things, and we desperately need God's help to figure that out. He has the most aerial view. <laughs> So if we stay connected to him, plug into him, get with him every day, get into the word, let him speak to us, talk to him in prayer, let him speak to us in prayer, then we have a lot of help there. There's a lot of guidance for, for moving on. When it comes to using our time, uh, I've been mostly encouraged to aim for a balanced life. Um, identify my priorities, make a list, put them into the schedule, and make sure you sort of balance things out so your priorities are getting the time that they need. In, in my experience, life keeps knocking me off balance. <laughs> you know, I start the week, I have my plan, and by Monday at noon, it's shot. You know, because something came up I didn't expect. Or I forgot something that needed to be on my list and it wasn't there. And I'm, I can spend the next couple hours just twisted up about that. Or I can go ahead and deal with it, you know, before God. Um, I'd like to sh share some perspective that's been very helpful to me for moving beyond the balancing act. Uh, we tend to think, there, there's a picture, there's a gal... She's trying to balance everything. She's trying to handle it, and it gets, gets heavy. We tend to try to balance the load. Relational roles, responsibilities, is boxes that we carry. We don't, we don't typically experience life in boxes or compartments. This is not the way the life, the life comes. It doesn't come packaged that way to us. For instance, when I'm in my recreation box, I'm just, I've been looking forward to this for the whole week, something can happen, and I got to stop and take care of 
take care of whatever comes up. Um, a friend has a need or something crops up that I've got to deal with. For instance, I was on, uh, when my daughter was in high school, we had a special date plan. We'd had this date plan for months. And uh, I was going to give her a, a purity ring, and we were going to talk about that and all this. And she was about 14 years old, I think. I can't remember how old she was exactly, but we were at Duke's in Malibu. And Cindy called. And my mom was in the hospital, and we were taking care of my parents. They lived with us for five years. And my mom was in the hospital. My wife wheeled my dad into the room to visit my mom, and he had a stroke. So she called me to tell me that my dad was heading down the hall to the emergency room, and the date was over. This, this is the way my life works. I don't know about your life. <laughs> but I try to put things in a box, and life doesn't stay there. Things are coming at me all the time. Fam, uh, family life, ministry life, friendships, uh, Church life, like I said, ministry, friendship, they, they just don't cooperate with my routine. It's not the way it works. If you stay focused on the routine or the plan, you miss opportunities. Because this is how God tells time. One opportunity the next. Proverbs 16.9 says, the mind of a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. This is how my life has flowed. I make my plan, and rarely does my plan work out the way I thought it would. And I can get all twisted up about that, or I can, I can trust God in the moment and ask for his help to do what I need to do right now and, and the help to get to uh, the things that are being overlooked right now or maybe not given attention later on. This, this is the way it works. I, I've spent a lot of time at time management seminars. And, you know, first thing I ever had was a star diary. It was a star diary, a little red notebook. And I, you know, you'd, I'd spend a lot of time filling out my schedule, and I'd feel very happy about the schedule that I put in there. It was just I felt very good about all the time I'd put into this. And then uh, I'd leave it on the top of my car, and it'd be gone or something. <laughs> this was in the non-digital era. But I, I would, I'd, I'd put so much time into planning my schedule that I would miss the fact that God was leading me step by step, day by day. And, of course, we need to schedule our time. We need to develop a plan. But the wisdom comes in knowing when to let this go and when to hang on to the opportunity that God's giving me as we go. So our typical approach to a balanced life is to uh, focus on a long list of activities to be done, create categories or mental boxes into which the activities can be sorted, decide how much time should be allotted for each box, if it takes more time than my estimate, I can start get, getting stressed and rushed, and the quality of that thing really suffers. Uh, it's, and then I create a schedule designating blocks of time for each box. As a precaution, I set firm boundaries so that interruptions do not disrupt the balance of the boxes. If others interrupt or circumstances invade, I can feel attacked. You've just attacked me my schedule that I'm hanging on to. 
and then we stick to the schedule no matter what. If we rigidly stay in our box or our compartment we've scheduled, we miss often living for what's most important in the moment, and we miss opportunities because we don't pivot as God gives opportunities. Of course, you, you have a class schedule. You have a work schedule. There, there, we need to come up with a plan. I, one of the very most helpful things I learned early on in managing my time was coming up with a standard week where, you know, I do the same things every week. I'm, I'm a pastor, and I stare at a, at a blank schedule often, you know. Well, I mean, it could be blank. Nobody's looking at me or telling me what to do. I don't have any classes to go to. I have a deadline on Sunday morning at 10 or 10.30, depending on where I am. But, I, I, you know, I have this open thing, and I try to come up with a standard week. My experience is that the boxes don't stay put. They don't stay in their blocks of time. Life doesn't flow that way. So look at those, that typical approach to the balanced life and circle two of those that most characterize your typical thinking. I'm not going to have you share with the person next to you on this, but just take, take a few seconds, 30 seconds or so, to, to think through which of those characterize your typical thinking. All right, in my experience, I, I understand the idea of living a balanced life. I get that idea, but it, 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 life is more like blending than it is balanced. And I do better if I look at it as blending in the right ingredients to the day. Like this gal, I think there's a picture of a gal at some point blending. She's blending. Man, that's probably going to be a fantastic milkshake or something. If you have the right ingredients, it's going to taste really good. And if you blend the right ingredients into your day, that day turns, in, day, day turns into days, weeks, months, and a really good life. At, uh, Psalm 34 says, uh, Whoever would love life and see many good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking lies. Let him turn from evil and do good. If you, if you do that day after day after day, you keep turning from evil and doing the good that God has for you to do that day, that turns into a life. And in order to be able to do that, what it requires is we have to be sensitive to what God's saying, what he, what's important to him, what really matters to him, and ask him for help to blend those things into our day as we move along. So I look at a week, usually, that's my most important block of time that I'm trying to think about. I look at the week, usually on Monday morning, I consider what needs to be done, I draw a fence around the times when I aim to do certain things, and that helps me get a sense of what I need to do, when I'm going to do it, certainly need to do that, but I can't, I can't draw a block wall around my time. It's got to be like a temporary fence. You ever seen temporary fences around a construction site that you can move them real quickly? They set them up temporarily. That's the kind of fence it needs to be because we, we, things change. Life happens. And at the end of each day, this is what we need to be asking. I need to think through, how did that day taste? Did I blend in the right ingredients? What was missing? Was there something missing? 
did I ignore did I ignore my time with God in the morning? Did I handle this situation rightly? Did I get way off track over here in a Q4 thing? Or or what what happened with this day? Um when I get overwhelmed with everything on my plate, at that moment I have an opportunity to choose faith. I, I can I have an opportunity to trust God. I can decide what's most important right now. Often as you as you learn to walk with God, you're walking on with God and you're gaining more and more understanding of his will, what he wants, how he wants you to live life. And as you go along, more and more you understand this right here is very valuable before God. This is really important to him and I need to I need to let my thoughts of sleeping tonight go and give attention to this because if I give attention to this, I'm going to have to do whatever I was going to do during this time slot tonight when everybody else is sleeping. I, I, I can do that trusting God to help me with the strength I need to do whatever it is that lies before me. So uh, if, if, if this also right here is taking more time than I thought, say I had a block of time set aside for this, and often projects are like that. You know, you're like, oh, no. I saw the project and the syllabus, but I didn't expect it to take three days. I've only given it one, you know. <laughs> so you're like, oh, no. In this moment right here, I can trust God. I can choose faith. I, I can rely on him. God, would you help me? Would you help me with this? And God is faithful. As he brings opportunities by, if you'll choose faith and go with the opportunity that's most important to him in the moment, he will help you with all the other stuff. He is in control. So he is actually arranging your life. These opportunities, many, many of the really good opportunities are from him. I mean, they're all, all the good ones are from him. And so he's arranging these for you. But often what we do is we choose unfaith. We don't choose to trust God in the moment and go with that and give our time to that because we're saving it for ourselves. What the, the, the problem with setting a rigid schedule and trying to live by that schedule is that you, you often miss what God is trying to do in your life. And... Uh, you you overlook the very thing that he wants you to give give your time to. So most of my frustration and worry with my schedule comes from thinking I'm not going to be able to get it done. I'm not going to be able to do all this. And if I do get it done, I'm not going to be able to do it at a very high level. I, I'm not quite sure it's gonna, I'm going to be able to pull this off. Um, we need to recharge, but often to accomplish what God wants, we, we have to put our recharge time off uh, until God makes it happen and allows us to have that. So we trust him with it. God, this, this is here. I'm going to do it, trusting you to give me what I need. We have an engineer in the congregation who um, he was telling me, and this isn't normally the way he thinks, and I'm going to have to tell this story quickly, but... He was talking about how his he had he had a water leak too, and his whole house is pretty much or his whole kitchen has to be redone and they're out of the house. And he 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 was telling me the other day in a meeting I, I had on him one on one meeting with him that 
God had arranged his schedule at work so that he was more free to take care of the stuff with the contractors and things at the home that he needed to take care of. And God saw that ahead of time and arranged it so that he would be able to handle everything they needed to handle and get it done. This is what God does. God, God's, he's in control. He's sovereign. He sees ahead. That's what providence means, to see ahead, to foresee. So he's providential in that he sees what's coming, and he's arranging your life. And if you trust him, you can go ahead and do what you need to do right now to make the most of the opportunity and trust him to pull it off. Now I'm going to run through uh, the rest of this handout and then give you an opportunity to ask questions, which we're not going to have too much time. But anyway, here's some blending practices that we want to do. Take the opportunities God provides during the day. Um, just look around you. God puts us, he plants us where we are to serve. So maybe help us, a fellow student on a project that needs help with the project. They're struggling on it or something or whatever it is. Maybe there's an opportunity to serve or to help in the ministry. Then second, mix the opportunities together. Make sure that the different elements of your life don't compete with one another. And then aim to blend your life together in a way that remains faithful to all your stewardships. Just take time to, hey, what, what do I need to mix in? What am I missing? What's getting ignored, neglected right now? And what do I need to do? Number three, focus on the goals that God says are most important. If something is missing, ask, how can I mix this into my day? How can I double up? Can I bring, I need some time with this friend. Can I bring them along as I do uh, this project or as I take care of this errand or whatever it is? I'm thinking through how can I mix in uh, different things. And I'm focusing on the goal, not so much my schedule. My, my focus goes off of my schedule onto God's goals. That really helps with being motivated to do what you have in your schedule, if you understand why God wants you to have it there. Um, four, remain alert to warning signs or other indicators that you need to add more time to some ingredient. Often, if, if I don't get time with God, I'm cranky, man. I'm just not fun to be around. And I need, that's an indicator, you know, I'm going through my day and I'm getting more and more stressed because I didn't have any time with God in the morning. I didn't really offload my concerns to him for that day. And I'm, it's more, it's a lot easier to get into the mode of hand, trying to handle life myself if I haven't checked in with God. So I, I, okay, sometimes I'll make an appointment with God. I didn't get it this morning, but God, I'm going to, four o'clock, I'm going to get with you and uh, spend some time with you. And then, uh, so you're listening, trying to pay attention to warning signs, other in, in, indicators. And then five, depend on God for the creativity and insight to combine the ingredients of the day. He'll arrange your schedule for you so you don't have more than he wants you to do. You can get it done, whatever he wants you to do. You can accomplish in your lifetime everything God wants you to accomplish. Are there any questions? We only have three or four minutes. Sorry, I was hoping to have more time um, than that. But any questions about this stuff that you have? Well, we probably fall along a spectrum in this room on task and people, like maybe box people, checks, box checkers, and <laughs> let's just let life happen. And so if you happen to be a box person, it's just something you, this, this is intended to be, I'm really glad you asked that question because this is intended to be 
more perspective to encourage us to not just stay in our box or in our schedule. And I think the way you grow through it is constant evaluation and, and engaging. Okay, I, I did my schedule, but I said no to this opportunity, and I really could have adjusted my schedule here to make the most of that opportunity, but I held on to my schedule. Was that the best thing to do today? So I'm, I'm thinking through, I'm asking God for help. I'm thinking back through the day, or I, in the morning I'm thinking through yesterday, and I'm, I'm a value, I'm constantly trying to gauge and learn. And maybe it's a week, you look back at the last week, what, what, what opportunities were flowing by that I just let go? And I, it was mainly because I wanted to keep my cushion. This is where I struggle. I like, you know, I like to, my, my native selfish person that I am, I would like to keep a cushion in my schedule. And I would like to keep a king-size mattress, if possible, in my schedule. And, but here's the thing God keeps doing is he keeps whittling down the size of my mattress. And if I look back at my week and I say, you know, I really said no to that because I stubbornly held on to what I had planned to do when I really could have done that another time. That, that's how you, you work through that stuff. That's a really good question. Um, so, you know, if you live a measured life, that's the perspective I'm trying to share is don't, don't be so measured that you let the opportunities go. Because usually when we're measuring life out, uh, if we're generous with our time, with others, we get refreshed ourselves when we pour ourselves out. God, God blesses us back over, over and again. So that, that's, that's good. I want to take, I want to take, I know I asked for questions. I only had time for one. I think it's overtime. If you don't need to just run to dinner, answer this question. Um, What's the missing ingredient right now that I need to mix into this day or this week? Because that's the question that you can keep asking. Keep looking at that quadrant, asking the question, what, what is in Q2? What am I missing? My top priorities, what am I missing? And then keep asking that all the time. What's the missing ingredient that I need to give? God, would you help me figure this out? And then we're, we're, we're dismissed. So either you can... Think about that later or take a moment and write that down right now. What, what's the missing ingredient that uh, I want to mix in? Glad you guys were here. It's a privilege to, to be able to do this.